Hello everyone, thank you for listening to today's message. My name is Pastor Dwayne Life, lead pastor at the Life Point Community Church. What you're going to hear today is a message from one of our recent services. And we believe that by listening to today's message, you're going to be blessed and encouraged from the Word of God. You're going to be strengthened. And we believe that God's going to speak to you in a very fresh, new, and real way through today's message. So thanks again for listening. Be blessed and encouraged. And we love you. God bless. Some of us gathered in a room uh, for about six Thursday nights and we went through a book called Kingdom Man by Dr. Tony Evans and I want you to know today that a lot of what you're going to hear today came out of that book in fact I honestly I felt like I, I sat down and wrote this sermon with Tony Evans I know that sounds weird but that's what it felt like and I wanted to make sure that I gave him credit because a lot of this comes from him uh, in his book but honestly, ultimately, I, I genuinely believe that this came from the Holy Spirit. I, I genuinely believe that what our church needs, our communities need, our culture needs, our country needs, our world needs, men who will follow God and seek after his kingdom. And I'm going to tell you there's a vacuum that it's, those men are few and far between today. And so, here's what I want to say to the ladies. You're going to think, all right, this is not for me. I can, you know, look at Pinterest, and chill out. I'm going to tell you not to do that because if, if you're married and your husband is a kingdom man, then what I hope you're doing is I hope that this provides some encouragement for you to lift him up and to encourage him after Father's Day is over with. If you're married and your husband isn't a kingdom man, Here's what I hope today encourages you to do is to pray for him every day. If you're single, listen to me. I'm going to, this is your future spouse's job description. And please listen, don't settle for less. Don't settle for less. So guys, here's the question. How are we going to be a kingdom man? 1 Corinthians 16, 13, it's in your bulletin. <clears throat> I use this passage every Father's Day. I cannot get away from this very powerful passage of Scripture. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13 says, Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Circle this. Yellow, highlight it. Underline it. Asterisk. Act like men. Be strong. Lord, over the next few minutes, God, I, I pray that somehow what you've put in my heart comes out my mouth. God, help me as we are all traveling this journey to become more like you. Just give us your wisdom in Jesus' name. Hey, what does it mean to be a man? Is it, is it fatherhood? Nope. Nope. Jesus was the strongest man that ever lived, and he never had any biological children. Right? Is it physical strength? Is that, is that what makes you man? Physical strength? Nope. Guess what? Prisons are full of muscle-bound men that have abandoned their families. Is it charisma? Is that what it is? Is that what it is? No. No. Defining manhood this morning, though, is critically important because our culture's view of masculinity 
is heavily skewed. In fact, you know what I almost called this sermon? How to be a kingdom man in a family guy world. See, our, our culture doesn't celebrate biblical masculinity. Our culture doesn't celebrate how to be kingdom men. Our culture mocks masculinity. And it certainly mocks biblical masculinity. But the problem is there's a shortage of responsible, faithful men in our culture. So today, if this seems harsh in any way, I, please know, and you, you guys know me, this, that's not my intention. But I need you to understand that we are faced with a crisis. We're raising a fatherless generation. And it's, it's got to stop. So before you feel like I'm beating you up, I need you to understand that everybody in this room, every guy in this room, including the man on this stage, is a work in progress. None of us are here yet. So what I hope you do and what I'm trying to do is that you grab on to some of these principles of what it means to be a kingdom man. And, and you latch on to them. And you leave here challenged. To be more like Jesus. One of the saddest passages of scripture. It's not in your bulletin. It won't be in the screen, on the screen. One of the saddest passages of scripture in the whole Bible. It's found in Ezekiel chapter 22. And here's. Let me just give you 10 seconds of context. Ezekiel is a prophet. And he is passing judgment on the nation of Israel. Because they have walked away from God. Sound familiar by the way? And here's what God says as Ezekiel is passing out this judgment on the nation of Israel. God says these words in Ezekiel chapter 22 verse 30. Listen, and I sought for a man. God said, I'm looking for a man among them who would build the wall and who would stand in the gap before me for the land. In other words, I'm looking for a man that will rebuild this city and that will intercede, that will pray for his people. I'm looking for that man. That would stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy. And here's what God said. But I found none. In the whole nation. I couldn't find one. That was willing to rebuild a city. And pray for his people. And while that's disturbing. I, I wonder if God was looking for a, for a man today. Would he have a hard time finding I'm thankful that there's some kingdom man in our church. I'm thankful that, but, but can, I, can I tell you? Hey, hey this, this needs to go. If there's anything needs to go viral, it's this thought. That men need to be kingdom. They need to be men after God's own heart. Before we're great providers, before we're great wage earners, before we're great athletes, before we're great builders, before we're great athletes, before we're great anything else, we must be men after God's own heart. And I'm wondering, are we in a culture that has thrown the family guys in front of us so much that we think that that's what men look like? And I'm going to tell you no. We're going to talk about what men are supposed to look like. In fact, let's not settle for being a man. Let's be kingdom men. Let's be different. 
Let's not be, let's not fall into the status quo of what guys are supposed to do and, and fall into all the stereotypes about how guys are supposed to act and behave. Listen, I get it. Can we move past that? Be kingdom men. Here's the definition for kingdom man. You can write it down if you want to. It'll be on the screen behind me. Kingdom, a kingdom man is a man who positions himself and operates according to the comprehensive rule of God. Here we go. Over every area of his life. In other words, every area of our lives falls under the rule of God. Now, I, I get it. We're not there yet. But is there anybody that just... Dwayne, I, I, I want, that's the kind of man I want to be. I want, I want God to rule all of my stuff. So here we go. We're going to give you six biblical traits of not just being a man, but being a kingdom man. And, and listen, some of them you're not going to like. Some of them you're going to struggle with. Because I struggle with some of them. But can, can we for 25 minutes... Just drop our pride and say, God, do, I need you to do work in me today. Can for just a few minutes we just drop our facade of how big and bad and strong we are and just say, God, I need you to do something in me. Pick out one of these six or two of these six or six of these six that you're going to let God work on. Here's, here's the first one, and it's a big one. The first one is self-control. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such thing there is no law. The enemy has created an atmosphere in our culture, has created an atmosphere in, in our society where men and their identity is reduced to his sexual exploits. Look at our, look at, just turn the television. What? Now, I, I, don't, I don't get this show. I, I don't understand this show where a guy can be surrounded by all these women and date a different one every night. And then as the, the numbers are dwindled down, those that didn't get a rose, they're, they're spending the night with each other to see. That, that's what it's supposed to look like? That, that's it? No. The only way you... And, and I, I hear you now. I don't have self-control. I know it. The only way you're going to have self-control... Look, I'm pointing my finger. The only way you're going to have self-control is that self dies. That self dies and we have spirit control. That we let the spirit of God and we align ourselves under his purpose and plan for our life. And we put down our, 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 our Bassmaster magazine and we put down you know, our, our tablet or whatever we're following the scores on long enough to pick up God's word and find out what kind of man he wants us to be. We must be connected to the power of the Holy Spirit. Only then, I'm going to give you three A's that the Spirit wants to control in your life and in mine. Are you ready? First of all, the Spirit wants to control your anger. 
Any, don't raise your hand, Jesse. Because it's, it's many. You can control your anger in this room. You can control your anger with your boss. But when it's just you and her, that's what... That's when self's got to die and the spirit's got to take control, right? Spirit wants to control our anger. Spirit wants to control our attitude. Our anger and our attitude. Am I the only one whose attitude gets out of balance from time to time? Thank you, brother. Got one on my side. Man, I don't... Hey, when my attitude gets out of balance, I don't like me. I can't be the husband I'm supposed to be. I can't be the father I'm supposed to be. I can't be the grandfather. Come on, somebody. I'm a grandfather. Hallelujah. I can't be the pastor I'm supposed to be when my attitude gets out of balance. And listen, I don't have it in me to control it. Until I kill this man and let the spirit... Until I am crucified with Christ. So it's not me that's alive, but Christ lives in me. Until that happens... So you go, I, I want the spirit to control our anger, our attitude, our anger, our attitude, and our appetites. Now I have eaten with some of you. This is a problem. Now, when I sit down to a meal, I have small portions. Why is that funny? Okay, I told you we're all works in progress, right? But how many know the appetite that is displayed at the Chinese buffet isn't the only appetite we got to deal with? And see, the problem is when the Spirit of God doesn't control our appetites, we indulge in things we got no business indulging in. And I'm going to just be so bold as to say, I'm going I'm to try to say this in a family-friendly way, okay? Without the Spirit of God, you don't have it in you. You know why? Because there's just too much stuff on the buffet. Am I right? And so I'm going to, I'm going to appeal to you today. If you're going to have self-control with your attitude, with your anger, with your appetite. Your life and mine's got to be controlled by the Spirit of God. And that only happens when we submit ourselves to Him. And we do the, some of y'all were here last week, we do the, or two weeks ago, we do the daily stuff every day to go all in. All right? That's what we've been talking about. So the first thing is self-control. The second thing is we're going to be a provider. We're going to be a provider. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8, one of the most convicting passages of Scripture in the whole Bible. Anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially for their own household has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. <clears throat> now I get it. You know, if, if, if you're not physically able to provide, obviously I'm not talking to you. But can I just tell you, uh, this is going to come out judgmental and I don't mean it that way. But I'm afraid we're raising a generation of folks that just don't know how to work. I, I had a conversation with somebody not too terribly long ago, and he said, we've got it backwards. And I went, and the guy's like 22. Anybody in here 22? I love you, man. And it, it wasn't him. 
he said, uh, we got it backwards. And I was like, oh, share me your wisdom. We've got it backwards. We should be retired after we get out of high school and then have to work later so we can enjoy retirement when we're still young. And I said, I bet, I bet some of you know what I told him. Shut up. Because, oh, oh, by the way, and I bet I get a big amen from the retirees in the room. Re retirement is not something you deserve. Retirement is something you earn. Right? I'm so thankful for my dad, my 89-year-old father. He taught me, I'll never forget this phrase, son, as long as you live. Give somebody an honest day's work for an honest day's wage. That ethic is dying. But here's, we're not going to let it die here. We're going to be kingdom men. And we're going to do our best to provide. That doesn't mean you've got to give your family the nicest and the, and the best of everything. That's not what it means. It means you do all you can to work for your family to make sure that they're taken care of. Now, I... I I get frustrated sometimes because there's things that I would like to give my family that I, I can't give. You know, I, I, it's, it's, it's frustrating. But here's what I, I'm committed to do, and I, I want all of us to commit to do, is that we do all we can. It's biblical. The Bible says provide for your family. Well, you're, I, I hear you now. Well, I'm not married, so I'm good. Um, if that's your attitude, you're probably never going to get married. <laughs> get used to your mama's basement. Because that's where you're going to spend a lot of your time. Until mama gets tired of you and washing your dirty, smelly socks when you won't go to bed, go to work, I mean. Now, okay, I'm, I'm getting way off of here. Self-control. Kingdom man has self-control. Kingdom man provides for his family to the best of his ability. Okay, I, I don't want you to, I, those of you that are working yourself crazy, trying to, trying to, you know, and you're still coming up short, I'm not beating you up. God bless you, and God will bless you for what you're doing. All right? All right, so he's a, he's self-control. He's a provider. He is a protector. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says, love always protects. Other day, it was early in the morning. It was actually last Sunday morning. I was, see, so you already know what I'm talking about. I was sitting on the couch going over my sermon, and I heard something downstairs. And I'm like, Donna's in there. The boys are at their houses. What's going on down there? So you know what I did? I went into my room. I got my friend, Mr. Ruger. <laughs> Mr. Ruger's a mean man. And I walked around my house, you know, kicking doors open, and it was nothing. Yeah. I did that one time, by the way. And Donna's, you know, I'm like, baby, you stay right here in the bedroom. I'm going to go find out what's going on. And so I'm walking around with Mr. Ruger, who is, Mr. Ruger is always locked and loaded. I know that's not politically correct. I'm sorry, but I carry a gun. 
All right. And she decided to go look in the other bedroom. So I walk, I walk up the stairs and she's walking across the living room as I'm looking for Mr. Bad Guy. Don't do that. All right, but here's what I want to tell you. Protecting, being a protector, being a kingdom man protector is more than having a gun beside your bed. It's more than protecting your family physically. See, we, we'll do that. That's, that's, that's within us. I mean, it's just put in. I mean, you're not going to go, baby, I heard something downstairs. I'm going to pull the covers over my head. Will you go check that out? Probably not going to do that. But I, see, it's, it's more than that. I'm called as a kingdom man to protect her emotions by being the rock she needs to lean on in times of trouble. When we first got married, I, she'd come home and she'd be talking about stuff that she was having a hard time with. Maybe at work, maybe at school, or whatever. And I'd immediately get into the fix-it mode. Guys, how many fix-it guys are here? And finally, I, I saw that it was frustrating her. And if, so I started asking this question. Do you want me to fix it or do you just want me to listen? 99 times out of 100, guess what she says? Just listen. Just listen. She needs, she needs me to, be, to protect her emotions by being available to her when she needs help, when she needs an ear. As a kingdom man, I'm called to protect her spiritually. Please listen to these next words. You'll take a bullet for her. But will you make sure she's in an environment where she can grow spiritually? Will you take a bullet for her but not make sure she's in the house of God? Guys, listen to me. Don't you dare. Wait for your wife to wake you up on Sunday morning and drag your butt to church. You be a kingdom man. And you get up and you make the eggs and taters and you help her. If you, you got small children, don't you sit there watching Sports Center while she gets the kids ready. You get up and help her and, and, you, and drive your family to church and square your shoulders and be a man. It's your responsibility. Be a protector. Well, I'm not married yet, so I'm good. Whoa, Nelly. I'm not married yet. I'm just dating. I'm just having fun. Stop it. You protect her sexual purity. Which, you don't understand, Dwayne. She was all over me. Then you're a petty, weak man. You protect her future by not putting your hands on something you hadn't made a covenant with. Protect. Protect. Provide. Have self-control. Number four. Is that, no, is that what number we're on? Be a servant. So we like, we got this idea. We talk about words, we use words like biblical submission. Like, especially, okay, let's just use the word submission because that's the one we like the most. And think that that somehow puts us in a position of 
false. No. Man, I, I, I saw the cool, this cool thing this past Friday night. And I'm just, I just, I just kind of put it into, uh, th- this may not be exactly what, it was, what, it, what had happened, but I'm pretty sure this is, was the case. We were at the Braves game. Go Braves. And uh, this whole area in front of us looked like it was all one company. And there was this one guy that he, he'd walk around. Hey, I'm glad you're able to come. Can I, I'm, I'm getting ready to go out here. Do you need anything? All night long. He changed seats, I bet, eight or ten times. And I'm watching him, and he's going around, and he's talking to all these people. Do you think he's the bottom of that totem pole? I don't think so. I think he's the boss. I think he's the one that put that whole thing together. And he's serving all of those people. That's a good leader. I'm going to tell you that that's how we need to be in our homes. We need to be men who know how to serve. Well, that's not very manly. Well, tell that to Jesus because he's the greatest servant this world's ever known. And the strongest man this world's ever known. It doesn't, it doesn't emasculate you for you to serve your family. It puts you in a position of leadership when you serve your family. Now, I, listen, God didn't call anybody to be a doormat. Okay? I, I, this works best. And if, if some of y'all come to Mary Night Live, you'll learn some more of this stuff. It works best when we serve each other. Right? Can I give you a really stupid, practical example of that? And, and, and I'll do it if you don't think I'm patting Dwayne on the back, because I'm not. So, yesterday, we had, some, we, get, we had some stuff that needed to be done around the yard. All right? And so, the, some of the stuff that was inside didn't exactly get done, because by the time we came in, we were exhausted. Right, baby? We were tired. And so, this morning... I'd gotten up and I'd gone over my sermon. I'd gotten dressed and she wasn't quite ready yet. And so I thought, hmm, I bet I can watch SportsCenter. And the Spirit of the Lord checked my heart about this, what I'm talking to you about right now. And he said, you know, Dwayne, she's going to come out there and she's going to unload and load that dishwasher and she's going to clean the stove. And I went, no, she's not. Does that make me less of a man because I turned off SportsCenter and... And, and clean the stove and unloaded the dishwasher? You may think so, but she don't, and she's the one that counts. <laughs> Come on, somebody. That's a deposit in the bank of love, and every once in a while you get to make a withdrawal, and that's okay too, y'all. My kids love it when I do that. <laughs> Be a servant. Oh, number five. Oh, Lord, help us now. A kingdom man's responsible. Galatians 6 verse 5 says, For each man will have to bear his own load. This is a quote from the book. because I can't say it as good as Tony Evans said. One of the, please listen to this. One of the critical elements to advance God's kingdom is understanding that as a man, you are responsible for that which falls within the realm of influence that God has given you. Your family, your ministry, your career, your resources, your community, and every area of personal influence. You're responsible. It talks about in the book, and I just think this is a beautiful insight. I've never really, you know, you know how we like to 
to beat up Adam. I mean, beat up Eve because she ate the fruit and, you know, caused all the problems. It was all her fault. When the, when the proverbial poop hit the fan, who'd God come looking for? He said, Adam, where are you? We got some business to take care of. He didn't say, Eve, did you eat that fruit? No, he said, Adam, I, I put you in charge of this deal. What happened? You're responsible. And you know what he said? Nothing. He was silent. And then he blamed his wife. Nope. <laughs> we do the same thing. It's her fault. She's a better wife. She's a better homemaker. She's a better lover. I wouldn't do the things I do. Shut up. Here's what Tony Evans said. Any man who blames his wife for the chaos in his home without simultaneously accepting responsibility for addressing it is publicly declaring his lack of biblical manhood. Come on, guys, that's... Well, Dwayne, we're, we're just a small church. Why aren't... Because every man in this room, your influence extends beyond this building. Some of you are raising sons and grandsons and granddaughters and daughters. And can I tell you, we got to fill the void that is present in our culture of biblical manhood. The last of these six... It's going to sound like a dichotomy. It's going to sound like a contradiction. It's follower slash leader. <laughs> Who's in control of your life? Who's in control of your house? Who's in control of your family? Me, bless God. It's my kingdom. I rule the roost. I wonder how that's going to work out for you. The book said, when men make decisions based on their own thoughts, their beliefs, their values, rather than based on what God has to say as ruler, these men are choosing to rule themselves. Um, I, I bet some of you could testify with me that you tried to do that and failed miserably at it. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to relinquish my rule. I don't, I'm no, God's given me authority in my home, in my family, in my church. That authority is a pipeline, y'all. He said, a kingdom man, therefore, is one who visibly demonstrates the comprehensive rule of God. And he adds a caveat to the, to the definition I gave you early, earlier. Who visibly demonstrates the comprehensive rule of God underneath the lordship of Jesus Christ in every area of his life. Some of you know Jesus as Savior, as the forgiver of your sins, but you've, let, you've yet to let him be Lord. The one that calls the shots. You've yet to let him be the one who rules. And until you do, you'll be a poor excuse for a man of God. If there's, if there's one 
If there's one overarching thought in that whole book, it's summed up in this statement. So few men understand what it means to be in alignment under God. And yet most, so few men understand what it means to be in alignment under God. And yet most will fiercely require their wife to align under them. Here's how it works. I submit my, my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to prove something to you. Uh, I hope I don't make myself look stupid. And here's what I want to do. I, I want to be a man of self-control. Not, not self-control. Self's died. Spirit's control of my life. I want to do all I can to protect my wife and my family. I want to do all I can to provide for my wife and my family. I, I want to... Uh, I want to be a servant. I, I want to serve them as I serve the Lord. I want to be responsible for what God has given me and has placed me uh, over influence in. And ladies, just tell me, would you follow that kind of man? Of course you would. So before I can lead, every great leader is also a great follower. So before we go, I'm going to give you one, two. I'm going to, I'm going to pull our scripture back down real quickly. And, and I want to give you four things. Four kingdom men action steps. Because kingdom men take kingdom action. Listen, if all you do is feel inspired today, then that will be gone before the coals on your grill cool off. Which is weird, by the way. How come on Mother's Day... Every restaurant is packed. And on Father's Day, you can't find any charcoal. I don't know why that works. Kingdom men take kingdom action. Here's four action steps. All right, look. Our scripture, 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Rachel, can you get back up there just real quick? 1 Corinthians 6. She's awesome. Woohoo! <clears throat> Be watchful. Stand firm. Act like men. Be strong. All right, four things. You ready? Be watchful, stand firm, act like men, be strong. All right, I'm going to say one more time, and then we're going to go on. Be watchful, stand firm, act like men, be strong. If you, if you do a word study in that first phrase, be watchful, it literally means wake up. Wake up. You know what I believe? I, and, I, and I see this happen to a lot of guys. You, you go through life, and you maybe, maybe you're out of school and maybe you're you're married and you got a got a kid or or a bunch of dogs or whatever i don't know we get into this comfortable hammock of complacency and i want you to hear today god wants you to wake up man god wants you to wake up and not be content to just live some status quo, complacent, apathetic life. God wants you to wake up. He said, be watchful, stand firm. So I'm going to say it like this. Stand firm. Stand up. You're going to wake up, then you're going to stand up. Here's what the book said. Mm. Just like Adam hid from God for a period of time. Here's what the book said. One of the reasons that so many of our children are living under the heaviness of struggle or that so many of our homes 
are living under the weight of turmoil or that so many of our churches are operating under the cloud of confusion or that our nation is scrambling to salvage its strength is because Adam had nothing to say. Adam is still hiding. So maybe it's time that we don't just stand up, but we speak up. Maybe it's time that God raises us up to be the men that he's destined us to be. Now that doesn't mean that you're some kind of overbearing, you, you know, I don't even know the word. Thank you. Who said that? Dictator. Who was that? My wife is awesome. That doesn't mean, it means that when it's time to stand up, when it's time to speak up, we don't go hiding. We don't let our wife do it for us. We're going to wake up. We're going to stand up. He said, act like men. That means we're going to man up. <laughs> the book says, the impact a father has on a home, the impact a husband has on his marriage, the impact a man has on his church or community cannot be emphasized enough. It's, it's on us. Man up. Square our shoulders. And then lastly, if you don't hear anything else, hear this. If, if what I've said seems like a tall order, it is. And you and I will never do it on our own. You and I will never be this kind of man of our own strength and our own volition. But I'm so thankful that we don't have to rely on our own strength and our own volition. There's a God who loves us more than we'll ever, ever, ever understand. There's a Savior who died to, to provide a way so you and I could know freedom and deliverance and life. And there's a Holy Spirit that wants to live inside of you and lead and guide and direct you. And so if you feel like you're too weak to handle this kind of life, I'm going to tell you the last action step is for you to power up. Act like men. Be strong. Not in your own strength. His strength is perfect. His strength is able to sustain you. His strength is able to help you be the kind of man you could never be on your own. And if you're here and you're trying to live a good life without the power of God in your life, listen, I get it. I understand. I just don't think you're going to be able to do it. I think to live the kind, as good as you'll be, would be second best. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave this, I'm going to close this message with a quote from the book because I couldn't say it as good as he did. <laughs> this isn't a quote, but the, I, I knew I was going to like this book when the first line said, when you walk out of your, when you get out of your bed in the morning, does the devil look around and go, oh, crap, he's up? I'm like, I'm going to like this book. Is, is that you, by the way? Does hell pay attention when you step out of your door? Because you've made the, you, you've made the enemy nervous? Here's what the book says. When you step out of your door each day, do heaven, earth, and hell take notice? 
When you protect the woman under your care, can she do little to resist you? Come on, somebody. I, I do that too much, don't I? Do your children look to you with confidence? Do other men look to you as someone to emulate? Does your church call on you for strength and leadership? Are you a preserver of culture and a champion of society? One who keeps out evil and ushers in good? Are you a man who is fulfilling your destiny and able to satisfy the woman in your life? More than all of that, though, when God searches for a man to advance his kingdom, does he call your name? How, how many, we don't need a piano. Man, how many of you say, I want God to call my name? Put your hand in the air. I want God to call my name. I want God to call my name. I want you guys to come. I want to pray for you. Come on. Donna, will you come play? Yes. It's simply too important. And I'm so, I'm, I'm so thankful for, for you guys. You guys love God. I, I don't know all of you, but I know we got a lot of guys in this church that love Jesus, that love their families. But can I tell you, man, I, I believe God's calling us to step it up a little. I believe God's calling us to, to, to get out of our own personal comfort zones, love our families, love our children, love our church, love our community enough to say no to us, to die to self and say, Father, control me. I want to follow you. Before I lead anybody else, I want to follow you. Hey, that's how I want to pray for you today. I want to pray. Listen, I'm not just praying for you. This is Dwayne too. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for these men who are willing to step out and walk this aisle just to say, I want to be a man who, that God's looking for. That's the kind of man I want to be. And we'll confess that we are woefully short of that all of us God today we we make a choice we make a choice to step out of our comfort zone long enough to step into alignment with God with his word and the power of his spirit so we can lead our families so we can love our neighbors so we can we can love our church so that we can love our communities God, I pray for every husband. God, that you'll teach us how to serve our wife. That you'll teach us, oh Lord, how to protect her. Provide for her. God, I pray for every dad. God, I understand that there are few tasks more daunting be responsible for that little child or that big child or that adult child so God would you by the power of your spirit give us grace and wisdom and I pray for every single man in this room that God that you would help them learn to become a kingdom man before they ever have a home to take care of their own before they ever have a family of their own that you would teach them these principles and help them to live by these principles today, not four, five, eight, ten years down the road, that today they'll make a choice with all the rest of us to be kingdom men. Now, Father, we just by the power of your Spirit, cover these men. And God, if there's one here that doesn't know you, 
that hasn't surrendered their life to the Lord Jesus Christ, then I pray, God, that today, right now, they'd make that choice to surrender their life and call you Lord. That not only would they know you for forgiveness of their sin, but they would know you today as Lord of their life. Thank you for what you're going to do. And now what I want you to do, man, just for the next couple seconds, just in your own words, in your own way, I just want you to thank God for the work that he's doing in your life. I want you to ask for strength to be a kingdom man. It's one thing for me to pray for you. It's, it means something completely, it's, it's even more powerful when, you'll, when you confess your need of God to be the kind of man that, he knows, that you know he wants you to be. So just in the next couple seconds, I want you to thank God for his goodness. And I want you to ask him for strength to be the kind of man that he's called you to be. Thank you, Lord. God, we need your help. We need your strength. We need your wisdom. We need your direction. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Thank you. Give us the wisdom to lead. Give us the wisdom to follow. God, we need you. In Jesus' name.